Today is Sunday, February 17th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 302, featuring Sporting News NBA writer Sean Devaney, is brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash win or use the promo code CLNS50 to get a 50% bonus on your next deposit. Today's show also brought to you by The Athletic. Get 40% off your monthly subscription just by going to theathletic.com slash Celticsbeat. Hey, what's going on? Good to be back with you. Thanks to my producer, Evan Valenti, for filling in during the Patriots' madness the last couple of shows. We've reached the NBA All-Star break. Now Boston 37-21, and tied with Philadelphia for fourth in the East, but Celtics hold the tiebreaker, that 3-0 and record in the series this year. Both teams six and a half games behind first place Milwaukee. So 58 games in, clearly not the midpoint of the year. Only 24 games left for Boston. We're past the trade deadline, which is that new wrinkle to think about. Celts did open a roster spot by moving Jabari Bird, but that's it. Fortunately, Anthony Davis did not leave New Orleans, so in that sense, I suppose Boston a big winner. But we can get to that a little bit later on. Let's bring in Sean Devaney from Charlotte. He's there covering the All-Star game and all the good stuff. Sporting News NBA writer, good friend of the program as well. Sean, how are you? I'm doing well, Adam. How are you? Good, good. There's a lot <laughs> with this team that has been going on. The Seas have won 12 of 15. Honestly, should be a 15-game winning streak right now because you got the blown 18-point lead against the Lakers, the 28-point collapse against the Clippers after Kyrie Irving went down with his injury in that game, and then you can sprinkle in that four-point loss to the Warriors that the Celts led late and absolutely could have won, as good as Irving was in that game Late, he had a few costly turnovers down the stretch, and so they wind up losing. So again, 12-15, very good. 15 in a row, I would prefer to see that, but uh, I guess beggars can't be choosers. Even still, lots of drama over the last month during this run. How do you feel about this team on the whole right this moment? Yeah, I mean, it does still seem like a, a, a team where something isn't quite right. You know, you mentioned how well they've played uh, over the last uh, uh, month and a half, two months, and, and, and there's no question that uh, uh, that, that, that they're – uh, one of the top three most talented teams in the Eastern Conference, and they they should go uh, at least to the Eastern Conference Finals, I would say. Having said that, you know, like I say, there's still something that's not quite right with this team. There's still something, you know, as, as Marcus Morris said, that that that, that it's not a fun uh, kind of team. It's not a team that uh, uh, that that really seems to enjoy playing together. Uh, it's a team that uh, uh, you know we good qualities. <laughs> Yeah, right. Exactly. That's 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 not something that you want. I mean, you could still win that way. It's just difficult. And and uh, uh, you know, Charles Barkley was saying the other night uh, that uh, he was comparing this Celtics team to the '94 Suns team. If you go back in history, uh, the '93 Suns had gotten to the finals. Uh, and the way Charles talked about it was, you know, when it, when they came back in '94, he said things just weren't the same. You, you know, guys were all of a sudden they're they're worried about contracts. They're worried. About uh, uh, about who's getting what in terms of playing time, uh, and and he pointed out that he sees some of that with the Celtics. I think he's right. I you know I do think that that uh, uh, is something that is just that is just still lingering there. We talked about it back in I think September, uh, and I don't think much has changed in terms of that, even though they've been winning. It's kind of crazy, too. You know, I was one of those people, I think I was in the majority with this, that was saying, going back to the summer, how beneficial last year's run could have been for this year, because you have 
you know, Kyrie goes down, Gordon Hayward goes down, other guys are forced to step up to elevate their games. We saw it from Jason Tatum as a rookie, the growth that he had just through that first NBA experience, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, hell, even the Shemi Ojales and Daniel Tices of the world. You know, that roster, top to bottom, got a lot more experience than it would have had everyone been more or less fully healthy last year. And and I know that's, you know, generally unrealistic, but you could look at it and say, okay, those injuries, while they sucked, they were a blessing in disguise. Now I can't help but look back at that and say, with the inflated confidence that it gave those guys, did it almost hurt this team this year that they had so much success without its all-stars versus where they are right now? Yeah, I mean, you could certainly make that case, uh, you know, that uh, uh, that that after that, that 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 run, that you know, and 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 I thought this at the time, and there were rumors that it might happen. That 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 what Danny Ainge needed to do is really sit down and figure out, okay, what are we going to look like next year? Can we just layer uh, Kyrie and 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 Gordon Hayward back on top of this team and think everything's going to be all right? I think the answer, uh, you know, as as we've seen, is is probably not. You know, that 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 they're probably should have been a move uh, in there, maybe something designed to the future. There was talk about uh, uh, Mo Bamba and they, that they had some interest in him, mm-hmm. uh, that you know, maybe there could have been a deal there uh, that, that would have uh, lightened the, the, the log jam uh, of, of minutes that we see uh, and, and, and still given the Celtics uh, you know, somebody that they could sort of develop slowly and, and look forward to and, uh, and, and really wouldn't have to expect much out of uh, in his first couple of years. So, uh, you know, that was certainly a, a, a path that was open to them. They chose not to take it. I think, uh, I think there's probably some regret there that, uh, uh, that the, the way that those guys played uh, at the end of last year in the playoffs uh, it was obvious that that, that, that they weren't going to be happy just going back to uh, uh, to the roles they had in October 2017. You know that 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 was not going to be okay with Jalen Brown and, uh, and and Terry Rozier and to a lesser extent Jason Tatum. Uh, but but you know I don't think he's been quite as affected as the other two guys. And, and you know just 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 the way that that's that that's affected uh, the, the team in general. And, and I think if they could go back and do it again, I wonder if they would uh, uh, you know, try to find a trade that could loosen some of these minutes. It's amazing to me how the NBA absolutely hijacks Super Bowl week between the Anthony Davis trade demand, the comments his dad made about the C's, dealing Isaiah Thomas, obviously, the Chris Stamps Porzingis getting moved. I know that doesn't have a Celtics effect, but big for the NBA, and social media plays a whole lot of role in that. Then Kyrie Irving with the Ask Me July 1st about his free agent future. I was in Atlanta. People, I can tell you, Sean, they were not talking football, despite Patriots-Rams. It was NBA conversation. And then, of course, you alluded to this before, more recently, we had the Marcus Morris stuff after the two blown losses to the L.A. teams. Here's part, just a snippet of what Morris initially said when he vented for anyone who missed it. You know, guys, you know, hanging in here, it's just, it's just doesn't, it's not fun. You know? like, it's not fun. We're not competing at a high level. You know, even though we're winning, it's just still not, it's just not fun. You know, I don't, I don't see the joy in the game. I watch all these other teams going to lead, guys up on the bench, they're jumping on the court, they're doing all, you know, all the stuff that this look like is they enjoying you know their teammate success they're enjoying everything and they're playing together and they're playing to win and when i look at us i just see a bunch of individuals Moore said hadn't been fun for a while even in the games boston was winning you talked about that sean a bit a couple days later Moore said the frustration it, it really just comes from his belief in the team we got to enjoy this process you know i'm not really about the, the bs stuff you know i want i want to win the championship i understand what it takes 
to get there. To be in this position and have a chance to compete for something like that, you know, it means a lot to me because you don't get this opportunity at all in this league. Eight years I've been here, it's not a crazy amount, but eight years I've been in the league, I never even thought of I can win a championship with the teams I was on. You know, and this team I feel a lot different about, and I just, you know, I want to push us to that, that position. So this got me thinking, because I know a lot of people have said, okay, they've won two straight since, and if the team goes on and has this majestic run and great playoff experience and, hell, knocks off the Warriors, whatever it may be, that's going to be what we look back on. That's going to be the mitt to the face of, of Alex Rodriguez from Jason Veritek in 2004. Right. You know, it's going to be that galvanizing moment. We've talked a lot, Sean, over the course of the season about the team's need for veteran leadership. Irving has not been the right fit for that role, despite whether he wants to be or not, he says he does. Marcus Smart, the emotional leader. Al Horford, the leader by example. Were Morris's remarks strategic at all to try and wake the team up, or was he just venting and it's worked out because they've won their last two and I'm giving them too much credit? Well, you know, I think it's a combination of both. I don't, I don't think it's either or. You know, I, I think there's no question that there was uh, frustration there. Uh, but I think, you know, if you're Marcus Morris and you've been in a number of NBA locker rooms and, you, and you've been on some terrible teams, you've been on some good teams, you know, you, you, you've got a pretty good sense of 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 where your uh, where your locker room's uh, vibe is of, of of what the mood is, uh, and I think he sensed that uh, you know this was a team that that needed a uh, a kick in the pants a little bit, um, and it doesn't come from Kyrie, you know, and, and and when it does, I'm not sure other players really believe it because you know he said a number of. Uh, let's let's say offbeat sort of things in the last year, and 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 it and it's been tough, I think, especially for the younger guys uh, to really uh, to to know what to expect from Kyrie. So uh, I I don't think it works if it comes from him. I don't think it works if it comes from Brad Stevens. That's just it's not his style, it's not his approach, and it's 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 not something that uh, uh, frankly he's not something that he's very good at. You know that's 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 that's, that's he's not someone who's going to go in a locker room and throw a chair around or anything like that. So I think Morris kind of kind of probably recognized that hey, uh I'm probably the guy who needs to say this. You know, uh, Al Horford could, but you know, again, that's not his personality. So I think Morris kind of, you know, said after that game, uh you know, went in, lifted weights and 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 he had time to think about it before he said it. Uh so I think I think it was calculated on his part, but it was certainly born out of the frustration of that loss to the Clippers. Quick break just to tell you today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. There's a lot of good NBA games coming up after the all-star break you can check them out obviously but if you go to betonline.ag you get in on the action it's worth it betonline.ag is clns media's preferred online sports book go to clnsmedia.com slash win to get a 50 percent bonus when you sign up or use the promo code clns 50 don't be left on the sideline with all this excitement going on on the court plus you can play in bet online's virtual casino and make some money there too nba all-star break is here hopefully you have been taking full advantage whatever you do make sure you use betonline.ag use the promo code clns50 for a 50 percent bonus on your first deposit or just go to clnsmedia.com slash win all right let's get back to the show what's the general tone of this team right now are they okay or are they beefing and because they're not Marcus Morris was asked about it. Of course, he said after the last couple of wins, that was fun. That was very fun. That was fun, fun. But that doesn't just change in two games. What does it take for them to have fun again? I just I refuse to believe that that two games flips that switch. Yeah, and it's 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 hard to say because. I mean, they almost play better when they're down a man. You know, I mean, it, it, they do. It, it, they have all year. Way, you know, 
and 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 not to, and that's not you know they're better without Kyrie. I'm not saying that. I'm right. just saying if it's if it's anybody, you know, it's 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 there's there's one too many players, and and so when when things kind of smooth out that way, uh, they 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 seem to play better. Uh, so I'm not saying that I'd root for an injury or anything, but <laughs> but they tend to play better that way, and 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 that's 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 something that uh, you know I don't know what that says exactly about this about this rotation about uh, the way the players feel, but but you know that. Barring that, I don't know that they can just come back and uh, and and you know come out of the All Star break and say, uh, okay, uh, uh, you know now we're now we're going to have fun from here. You know, nothing's nothing's less fun than someone telling you to have fun, right? So uh, I don't <laughs> I, I don't know that that, that it's something that, that that really can change at this point. I wish I had the Kawhi Leonard drop of just his laugh talking about how he's a fun guy, and then you know, just, yeah, right, the, the, oh, whatever it was, but. You know, I, I, we'll get to the idiocy of of that Kyrie Irving better with or without him debate because there there is a lot of stupidity that's out there. But you brought up Brad Stevens. Let's go back to him for a second because this is a guy who I I strongly argued I don't have a vote last year should have been the coach of the year. I made an argument the year before he could have been the coach of the year. Hell, the year before that I made an argument that you could have put him in that conversation or at least in the top five. Right now, this year. He's not anywhere near that conversation. You might say that he doesn't even necessarily get enough blame for what has happened. You know, the record doesn't look bad. 37 and 21 doesn't look bad, but expectations were higher that they'd be at 40, 41, 42 wins, something like that at this point, that they'd be closer to the top of the conference, that there wouldn't be all this infighting or infuting, maybe fighting is too strong, that guys would be more on the same page. To what degree of, of blame, and I know you wrote about this recently, the, the Celtics blame pie, the chart, what kind of blame does Brad Stevens deserve in this bigger picture of, of to this point, underachievement? Yeah, I mean it's it, it's it, he definitely deserves a chunk of it, you know. And 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 going back to what I said before, I do think Danny Ainge deserves a chunk because mm-hmm. you know we, we knew that everybody knew this was was a possibility in the off season and, and something probably should have been addressed then. Uh, but then once you get to the season, you know, I think Stevens. W- one of the things that 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 uh, has been sort of a common thread throughout his career is that he's a very good underdog coach. He's a very yep. good coach of 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 the team that that's not expected to win. And that goes back to Butler, of course. Uh, but it's been true in, uh, in, in the NBA. That's, that's, I believe what you're saying there, uh, you know, that he got a team where uh, if you look at that, that, that team that was 42 and 40 uh, and went to the playoffs, lost to Cleveland, uh, Tyler Zeller was their leader in win shares that year. So, <laughs> right. you know, that, that, that gives you an idea. And then, and then, you know, the team they had the following year, uh, you know, with, uh, with, with, with Avery Bradley and, and, and those guys, uh, you know that wasn't a great team, but 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 he got them to play above. Now, how do you coach when you've got more talent than everybody else? And and, and I think that's been a bit of a struggle because you don't have that sort of uh, uh, you know. There's a natural chemistry that comes when you're when you're an underdog. It's hard to manufacture that when you're the favorite. So I think that's been uh, uh, been something that that Brad Stevens has has struggled with uh, uh, with this team with this group. Um, and, and like I say, he's not a guy who's going to go in the locker room and throw chairs, but I think you need to be able to talk to the guys in a certain way. Uh, and I'm not sure he, he, he does that 
uh, or at least if he's doing it, it's it's not been entirely effective. Um, you know, like like we, we look, they've been winning, and 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 you can't complain too much about where their record is and things like that. Uh, but but I do think that that's something that uh, you know when you're coaching, you've got to be part uh, uh, part Dr. Naismith and part Dr. Phil. Uh, and I don't <laughs> think he's got the Dr. Phil part down uh, at this point. And, and, and you know, he hasn't had to before, so that might be part of it. But but it's something I think that he needs to develop over time. How do you grow into that? I mean, how how does he solve that dilemma on the fly? Obviously, years from now, we may say that he's Greg Popovich. Who knows? I mean, if all goes right. well, we may compare him to Phil Jackson. But in this moment, given that it's it's his first experience, like you said, with a loaded roster, with real genuine superstars, I mean, I'll do respect to Isaiah Thomas and, hey, glad you're healthy and glad you're back. But mm-hmm. this is the first time that he's had real superstars on his roster, a couple of when Gordon Hayward right top 20 25 players on his roster and hell Jason Tatum may be that guy in in the next couple of years as well how how does he adjust to molding himself into what he needs to be for all of these guys yeah, and and you know, it, it, it's I don't know that he could do it on the fly. I don't know if it, that he can do it between now uh, and the end of May. Uh, but one thing that when you talk to other coaches uh, about Brad Stevens, one thing they'll always say is 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 he does engage other coaches and say, you know, hey, how do you do this? How do you handle this? What do you what do you you know? And, and a lot of it is the X's and O's. Uh, but if it is also now dealing with locker room management, I wouldn't be surprised if you know at the Las Vegas Summer League you see him talking to different coaches about uh you know about their experience in handling uh locker room issues when you've got free agents when you've got uh you know rumors circulating and things like that you know what do you do uh how do you handle that how do you manage your guys uh but I don't know what's going to happen between now and June that's 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 that, that's the big issue for this team as it stands Irving's missed three out of five, basically four or five, because he only played 14 minutes against the Clippers. Mm -hmm. Two guys have played really well during that stretch, two that we've talked a little bit about, Jason Tatum and Gordon Hayward. Let's start with Tatum here, because he's averaging 20 points, eight rebounds, and shooting 47%, both overall and from three during this small sample. What stood out to you? Uh, I think that the, I think it was an Anthony Davis thing. I think he heard his name included, uh, and he's played a lot better. You know, he's been terrific basically since then. Uh, I think, you know, the trade deadline, uh, I, I think it got to him. I, I don't think there's any question about that. He's if, a kid. He's if, 20 if years old. Yeah. And if you're a young player, I mean, look, if I'm, if I'm the Celtics, I'm watching this and I'm saying, you know, he, he, he got his buttons pushed uh, and look how he responded. He responded uh, by playing better. You know, he would not, a lot of guys would, would sulk or you see the uh, performance dip. I mean, you look at what's happened with the Lakers. Uh, you, that's, that's certainly a common reaction. Uh, but if you've got a kid who's who, at his age who can come in and, 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 you know, go through that sort of grinder, um, you know, you can say, well, I didn't pay too much attention to it. Uh, uh, he did mention he's glad it's over. <laughs> uh, but For now, uh, but, as he put it. Uh, yeah, exactly. For now, uh, but uh, but there's no way that doesn't affect you. Of course, it affects you. Uh, and I want to see a guy who bounces back and and and, and takes that and say, okay, I'll show them. Uh, and that's what he's done. I mean, that's 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 been an impressive uh, uh, part of uh, uh, of his last few games here. Well, and then you have that report, and I hesitate to even call it a report, but it was just part of an ESPN podcast, and 
I don't even remember who it was at this point, but he had made the comment that the gossip, that was how it began. The gossip is that Jason Tatum wouldn't mind a trade to the Pelicans. Go be a face of that franchise because that's not something that is imminent by any means in Boston. I I think that's somewhat undercutting his importance to Boston and, quite frankly, the perception of him in Boston, the fan reaction to him in Boston, and how much the front office and Brad Stevens value him in Boston. But putting that aside, no, he's not the face. That would be Kyrie Irving. So, sure, but I guess I hear that report, and my immediate reaction is, like, you can look at it two ways. And I think some fans saw it, and granted, there's no quotes. Again, it's the gossip from a report, which is just one too many caveats for me anyway. But you you hear fans saying, Oh my God, he he wants to be traded or wouldn't mind being traded. I look at it and say, what kind of star in this league wouldn't want to be the face of a franchise? That's not saying Jason Tatum wants to leave or he doesn't want to be the face of the franchise in Boston. It's just that at 20 years old, what kind of player would not want to be the face of an NBA franchise? Like that's, it's, it's almost so little a report. It's common sense. Yeah, no, and and you know I think sometimes uh, uh, when, uh, when 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 uh, uh, people are speaking on podcasts and and you know we, we're sitting here we're talking yeah, we're doing we're, it now <laughs> uh, giving giving our thoughts and we're you know yeah exactly and you know we would talk to people around the league and 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 you know kind of uh, the things we say reflect that uh, but it doesn't mean it's like. Uh, you know, sources say it's just, you know, sort of uh, a casual sort of thing. And, and that's how I put that. You know, I mean, uh, would he mind it? I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't know that anybody's ever asked that. Hey, hey, would you mind being traded to New Orleans and being the face of the franchise? I don't think anybody's really asked him that question. And, and, and so I don't, I don't know that anybody really knows the answer to that. Uh, you know, I think he wants to, uh, you know, be a star. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. And if he feels that, uh, that, that, you know, he's got to play second fiddle or, or sometimes even third fiddle in Boston, uh, then, uh, th- then I don't think, uh, uh, I don't think that's something he'll be satisfied with long term. But I don't think here, uh, at his age and, and at his experience level, uh, that, that he's necessarily, you know, uh, saying, hey, yeah, trade me. Sean, I've I've had to listen to my idiot friends all year long complain about Gordon Hayward, and I have made the comment on this podcast, on Twitter, in public, going back to the summer, I've been consistent that in my view, it'd be unfair to really evaluate Hayward before February. Well, it's mid-February. The scoring and shooting averages have improved from December to January and January to this month. Over his last five, as I mentioned before, he's confident, he's smooth. He's averaging 17-5-5. and five. His shooting splits are 60-50-90. Uh, he's, he's played really, really well, again, over five games. And he's playing 30 minutes of contest, too. Bill Simmons said, and Steve Bullpett wrote this as well, that Hayward is killing it in practice. It just hasn't fully translated to games yet. Is this a trend, or is he going to fade into the background again when Kyrie returns? Yeah, you know, I think it is a trend, and, and I think it is something that uh, as long as they can keep convincing him uh, of what his spot on the team is, then then, then the, the confidence will continue to grow. I think in, in addition to the injury, I think he also had, uh, you know, a bit of a confidence problem, you know, as he looked around and tried to figure out what exactly he was supposed to do on this team. Uh, you know, it, it just wasn't clear uh, to him, it wasn't clear to anybody really, you know, exactly what was expected of him. Uh, you know, as he moves to the bench and, 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 you know, that's not necessarily a comfortable thing either. Uh, but I think as he's grown into that role, 
uh, in addition to getting more confident and just the uh, just just coming back from the injury, uh, I think we've seen him uh, uh, you know change quite a bit. I think we've seen him become uh, a little more the Gordon Hayward you would expect. So yeah, I think that uh, that that this is something that you, you could probably expect to continue uh, in the second half. Um, but but again, you know they've they've got to make sure he's uh, uh, confident in his role. I think I think the injury now is behind him. I really do. Uh, I think it's now just a matter of uh, the mental aspect of uh, uh, you know fitting in with this team and 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 uh, uh, knowing what's expected of him. Well, and it really does seem like just speaking physically, and, and I'm not in his head, I'm not in his body, obviously, but it seems like the sort of split second hesitation when he's making a move or taking a shot that's gone. He's he's more confident, like you said, in what he's going to do. He's not hanging out around the perimeter. He doesn't hesitate to drive to the basket, doesn't worry about going up for an alley-oop and coming down on that left leg, doesn't worry about getting fouled. He's hitting his free throws and he's getting there a pretty good amount of time, an increasing amount as time goes on as well. It just seems like, I'm not going to say he's he's on the cusp of being Utah Gordon Hayward in, in that last All-Star year before he signed with Boston in the first place, but you can't underplay his his importance to this team down the stretch. I mean, would you say that that Hayward is the X factor. If this team is to go on and do something great in the postseason, that Hayward in large part has to be the reason for it, meaning if he does not perform at the level that he is right now, at the very worst, if he regresses to what he was, that they're not going to do anything. They can go out in the first or second round. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true, uh, and I think that you know again that you, it's still going to come down to sort of minutes management, not with just with him, uh, but sort of with everybody. I think when he does, and and one thing that happens when Kyrie is out is is obviously he handles the ball more and, and is much more of a facilitator. I think that's a really good role for him, uh, and 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 so you know it becomes when you when you get to the playoffs. To what extent does he do that? To what extent does Terry Rozier do that? To what extent do they uh, do they do they move Kyrie off the ball? Uh, because in order to get Hayward into that role, you've got to cut cut back on somebody else. So I still think that that's going to be uh, uh, you, you know the overall uh, driver in terms of uh, of the success of this team. I think that's that's the role that you want Gordon in. That's where he's most comfortable, most successful. Uh, but uh, uh, but you know you've got to, you've got to find a way to manage that, and it's still a challenge. So uh, yeah, I, I, I would say he's an X factor, but I still think it, it, it comes back to um, you, you know basically the thing we, we've been talking about for months, and that is uh, you know how do you manage the minutes with all these guys? We touched on this before, but I saved it toward the end of the show because I just I think it's so remarkably dumb. There has been a stupid conversation lately. It's gotten a lot of traction beyond just talking heads because former NBA players are saying it too, and that is the Celtics are better without. Kyrie Irving. Danny Ainge scoffed at the idea during a radio interview and then did it again on Twitter. This is what Brad Stevens had to say. We need Kyrie to be the best version of ourselves. We all need to consistently play better as a group. But we've done that at times and and we've rode Kyrie um, in a lot of cases and he's carried us in a lot of games. Sean, the scoring is more balanced without Irving. The ball movement is more fluid. Those two things you can't argue, but Boston's offensive rating and net rating are both substantially better when Kyrie's on the floor versus when he's not. And beyond the numbers, you need superstars to win championships. We know that about this league. The 2004 Pistons are the exception. They're not the rule. And I think a lot of people are putting way too much stock in last year's overachieving playoff run, this year's 9-2 and record without him, largely, by the way, against future lottery teams. And also, it's pretty evident the fact that the young guys in the room don't necessarily love him. You mentioned that before. So we know it's it's not the closest group in the world, but to be elite, you need Irving. And saying otherwise, it's it's ridiculous. 
you can be, uh, you know, a 50-win team that, that – you can be the, like the Isaiah Thomas team. You can be a 50-win team that gets to the Eastern Conference Finals, and, and that's your ceiling without Kyrie Irving. With Kyrie Irving, you, you've got a chance to win a championship. I mean, that's, that's, that's the difference. And, and uh, it might look better at times uh, in the regular season, and, and it, might be, uh, it might be smoother at times. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, the, the games that he's sad have, have really not been against the best competition uh if you want to win in the playoffs so uh and, and and you know you need somebody to get that bucket for you uh in the last uh, uh you know the final minutes when you're really in crunch time and and you get those situations so often and uh in the postseason you know you need Kyrie Irving out there and and, and I think that uh, uh I think that's the real difference that uh, if you're serious about winning a championship then uh, then you find a way to uh, uh to, to make sure that Kyrie Irving is uh, uh is your best player and and uh, uh, if you have to get rid of other guys to uh, to, to make sure that that happens, and, and th- th- then that's what you do. But yeah, you, you can win a championship with with Kyrie Irving. I think you can get to the Eastern Conference Finals without him. One more break to tell you today's show is brought to you by the Athletic. If you haven't heard about the Athletic by now, you got to be living under a rock. These guys have been crushing every element of sports coverage imaginable. Whether you're looking for a specific local coverage with beat guys, sports discussed under a national lens, or anything in between, you got to make sure you. You take a look at The Athletic. No pop-ups, no ads, high-quality content waiting behind every single click. Jay King and Jared Weiss do a great job covering the Celtics. They also do a great job whenever they pop up on Celtics beat. You want to check those guys out. Both of them right for The Athletic. Plus, there's Sham Sharania, Sam Amick, Frank Isola, bunch of great NBA and college basketball writers. You can't get content like this anywhere else. 600 to 750 new articles every single week. Who else is pushing out quality content like that? If you haven't signed up, take advantage of this deal because it's not going to last forever. Go to theathletic.com slash Celtics beat. Get 40% off your monthly subscription do it right now it's a subscription for less than three dollars a month just by going to the athletic.com slash celtics beat shams amic king weiss all less than three bucks a month you kidding sign me up in fact i already signed up sign yourself up too at the athletic.com slash celtics beat you wrote an article just a couple of days ago that i guess i would term if this makes sense equally fascinating and yet unsurprising and it's as i like to put it how Rich Paul and LeBron James are the new David Falk and Michael Jordan, and they're basically you know, destroying the NBA at a more magnified social media 2019 type of level. How much damage has Rich Paul done, and how has that impacted the Celtics behind the scenes? Well, you know, I think it's, it's, it's uh, obviously this, this last two weeks has not gone well for Rich Paul, uh, and the, the unfortunate part is that he sort of burned multiple franchises in the process. So, uh, you, you know, there's, there's this whole notion that, uh, uh, that, that after the trade of Porzingis, that the Knicks had this cap space, and, and all of a sudden it comes out, well, Kyrie might want to go there. Uh, and, you know, there's plenty of folks around the league and within the Celtics who think that story came from Rich Paul. And, and so, you know, you know, you plant this bad seed with the Celtics, and, and, and you plant this thing with the Pelicans that, oh, you know, he might not uh, – if Kyrie's there, then Anthony Davis isn't going to uh, isn't going to Boston, and then they're not going to trade you all these guys. Uh, so, so, so you've got that. Now you've got uh, uh, the, the Celtics that are burned by Rich Paul. You have the Knicks in a way because if they don't sign Kyrie Irving, they'll be uh, let down expectations. 
expectations. Uh, of course, we know that, that the whole thing with the Pelicans, we see what's happening with them now. Uh, you know, they've been burned in all this. Uh, and the Lakers <laughs> are a disaster right now. So, uh, you know, that's that's four franchises that I count uh, that have been touched by this thing and uh, and and really hurt by it, uh, not to mention the reputation of uh, uh, of, of Anthony Davis. And, and, and I think Magic Johnson's reputation has taken a hit as well. So, uh, you know, this is this has been uh, uh, sort of flamethrower tactics on the part of uh, uh, this agent, and and that's unfortunate because I think uh, a lot of people are, playing, are paying the price. It really is remarkable. Like the Knicks, as you said, part of the reason they deal Porzingis is to free up those max spots and, and you know, maybe motivated a little bit by what Rich Paul may be telling them or suggesting to them behind the scenes. And then just the fact that, that it's had this kind of impact, never mind the Celtics or, or even the Pelicans, because Anthony Davis has gone either way. It's just going to be uglier and more unceremonious than it maybe otherwise could have or should have been. But what it's doing to LeBron's team, his guy, his Lakers, as you said, they're a disaster. And all of those guys were seemingly openly on the trade table. And now Magic Johnson has to attempt to walk that back and, and clean it up, which is so difficult to do. Yeah, and 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 you know that's something that uh, uh, in in uh, if you're looking at magic, then then you wind up saying, well, this is partly his own fault. I mean, you, you know, you you kind of okayed all this, and and so you know it's hard to feel too bad for him, but uh, uh, but there's got to be a major cleanup now, uh, and uh, it's it's just hard to see how it happens. Uh, you know, th- there was such a focus on getting Anthony Davis to L.A. Uh, that you just wonder. Uh, a, what did that do to their team right now? We, we've seen it's 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 been bad. Maybe they can come out of the the break with a different attitude, a different approach. Uh, but but then what does it do long term? I mean, are the Pelicans just going to say, you know what? We're not trading them to L.A. no matter what. You know, we're, we're just not going to let that happen. Uh, then uh, you know, then that, that then you're in some trouble. Uh, and uh, you know that's that that might be how this all plays out. Now, if you ask most people, the most people would say, uh, you know, Davis is going to wind up uh, in L.A. Uh, but there's a chance that there might be such burned bridges now that it doesn't happen. And uh, you know, it's 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 really, if you look at it, then I think uh, uh, that, that I think Magic Johnson is 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 has to take a a big part of the blame. It, it, one agent, another agent, put it to me this way: is is Magic Johnson is just used to getting what he wants mm. uh, and and so he's able to come into every negotiation with the sledgehammer and just sledgehammer until he gets what he wants uh, that is not working now you know in, in this in this situation that's not working it didn't really work last summer with Paul George and I think he's finding that uh, that that you know just because you're Magic Johnson and you're and you're running the Lakers that doesn't mean everybody's gonna work on your schedule and 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 I think that's been a, a tough thing for him to swallow we all know and believe the Celtics have a good chance to get Anthony Davis via trade this summer simply because now at least they can be in the mix on July 1st, which they couldn't at the trade right. deadline. But if you're handicapping it, where do you believe he does wind up? I would say, it's, uh, you know, it's, I still think he winds up with the Lakers. You know, I still think in the end it's where he wants to be. And if they're going to make things so difficult for everybody else, uh, you know, even the Celtics might have to fold. Now, 
uh, we, we've seen from Ainge that, uh, that, that he's not necessarily going to uh, play that game. Uh, so, you know, that, 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 that could certainly change. But, I, you know, if I had to bet, and, and I would put, I'd put 50% odds on, on the Lakers, probably about 40% odds on the Celtics and 10% odds on, 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 some, uh, uh, on some, you know, dark horse team. Uh, but, uh, but, but right now I just think uh, uh, because he's, he's so adamant and because they are willing to play this burn-it-all-down game uh, at, at any cost, uh, then I think the Lakers will wind up with them. All this Rich Paul stuff clearly agitated Kyrie Irving, and that was a big part of the whole Ask Me July 1st stuff that we already talked about. But, right. you know, how much of, of the fallout is there where Irving is maybe pissed at LeBron, maybe pissed at Rich Paul, or pissed at someone with the Knicks, or any other team that could be leaking whatever? Is he is he upset with the Celtics right now? Yeah, I, I don't think so. You know, I don't think it, it's really anything about the Celtics. I think it's, and I don't even think it's the media. I think the media winds up taking the brunt, and we saw that mm. with Kevin Durant as well. Uh, you know, Kyrie's not getting these questions every day. I mean, you know, you go to uh, the games, you go to shootarounds or whatever. Uh, it's not like he's always asked about uh, about these different things, about about where he's going to go in free agency, et cetera. And neither is Kevin Durant. I think where they get where they get tired of it is is the people that are in their ear about it, whether it's in the organization uh, or in uh, uh, or or from uh, uh, you know other agents or or other players. Uh, you know that's that's where it comes, and and those <laughs> in the media we wind up taking the brunt of that uh, in terms of them complaining. But uh, you know I, I I don't think if you're Kyrie that you've got any real beef with the Celtics here. Uh, it's not like they've done anything uh, uh, to make his uh, uh, to, to make his life any diff- any more difficult right now. Still on the tampering front, I mean, what you're there, you're in Charlotte, you won't be in the locker room. But what are the conversations going to be like in that Team LeBron room? Because he's got Kyrie, he's got Kevin Durant who's free to go elsewhere this summer as well. He's got Anthony Davis, who, of course, as we know, wants to be traded. Kawhi Leonard, who maybe he goes back to Toronto, maybe he doesn't. I mean, LeBron, through the help of a horrible GM in Giannis Antetokounmpo on the other side, he's he's got a, a hell of a roster to play with in that room in terms of tampering in full effect this weekend. It's It's kind of insane when you think about it. Uh, there's, there's, there's tampering, uh, plenty to be had. Uh, but you know, I, the, the, and the league has said this and, and it, you can't really, A, you can't monitor player tampering at all. And B, I don't think, the, yeah, I don't think the league is, is really wants to get into that business. You know, I mean, if, if LeBron is going to talk to guys and everybody knows who's a free agent, uh, then, then you know that's that's just normal player conversation. You can't really police it uh, as much as it does uh, tick everybody off. So, uh, yeah, I, I uh, you know I'm sure Adam Silver will be talking about that when he meets with the media. But uh, uh, but I, I really don't think there's a whole lot that can be done about that. Last thing for you is we chat right now. We don't know if Kyrie's going to play in the All Star game after missing time recently. I'm guessing he will. We'll see. Again, the whole day to day thing. Brad and Danny have basically said they're in favor of it. Are they actually, or are they just doing their best to not further agitate him right now and just let him do what he wants? They don't care enough to make a big deal out of it. Yeah, I think it's 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 the latter. You know, I think that uh, uh, that 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 you've got to kind of 
you know, in these situations, massage uh, the ego. He's not an old guy, right? Yeah, right. It's, he's not an old guy, but he's he's certainly a veteran, and you have to respect that. And 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 uh, uh, and you know, has been to the finals and uh, and sort of knows uh, uh, you know what his energy level is, where where his body is, and things like that. So you know, at some point, you trust him to make these kinds of uh, judgments, and uh, uh, and and, and it's probably best to be uh, uh, hands off in this uh, situation. But is it a bad look if he plays? Like, forget with fans. I think that's going to be kind of divided, at least based on my Twitter feed. But with teammates back in Boston, is it a bad look if he plays in this game after missing regular season games? I think some people will take it that way, but, you know, watch the game and see how hard he's playing. (laughs) Or how much. I mean, if he plays five minutes and then sits the rest. Exactly. Right, right, right. I mean, see what the effort level is there. Uh, And I can understand, look, you know, and it's, it's it's uh, sure it's partly about your brand and, and it's about bigger things than uh, than your team uh, and, uh, and and you can maybe criticize that uh, but but you know it is also you know he got voted in and 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 so you know of course you want to uh, uh, you know you want to be there uh, for the people who voted you in so you know I, I I don't really have a problem with it I'm sure. Uh, there's going to be a segment that uh, that that does, but uh, uh, you know, again, I, I think you have to trust trust his judgment and uh, and and kind of let him make the call on this. Sean Devaney, always love having him on, and a lot of great content, especially on the Celtics lately. Sporting news, NBA writer, you can find his stuff online. Sean, thank you once again for uh, joining the Celtics Beat podcast, as you so frequently do, and enjoy the All Star festivities. We'll catch up again down the line. All right, Adam, thank you. Great stuff again from Sean, as always, and a lot for all of us to chew on here at the All-Star break. There are different things, obviously, to consider down the stretch of these final 24 games. I think, on the whole, the Celtics are in a good place. I know a lot of people would disagree with me there. Maybe I'll rephrase. I think they're in an okay place. I don't think they're in a bad place. That's really where I want to clarify. Because if they get themselves right, they're going to be dangerous. Because they're still finding a way to win, even when clearly they're not behind the scenes. So if they can get themselves, for the most part, on the same page, stay as healthy as obviously humanly possible, and we know that goes without saying, I think, coupled with Gordon Hayward's progress, if this is not a fluke, they can be a really dangerous team. But we can recap on all of that after the All-Star break and see how things are going with those first couple of games out, because it is a tougher schedule coming up. So thanks again to Sean, my producer Evan Valenti as well. Thanks to Nick, Larry, John, everybody at CLNS Media who make these shows possible, the write-ups that you see everywhere, and of course all the content that you can find not only on the CLNS Media page, but on the CLNS YouTube page. Subscribe, you'll get a lot of locker room sound for not just Celtics, but... Red Sox right now with that season getting going pretty soon and Bruins in full effect chasing a playoff spot and even as Patriots players pop up now and again after winning their championship, which, by the way, was a lot of fun. Hopefully the Celtics can go for another, right? Boston needs another title, if I could be just way too selfish. One more time, today's show brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash win or use the promo code CLNS50 to get a 50% bonus on your next deposit. show also brought to you by The Athletic. Get 40% off your monthly subscription just by going to theathletic.com slash Celticsbeat. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, Celtics Beat, leave us a rating, leave us a comment, find us on Stitcher, get me on Twitter, at Adam M. Kaufman. Always happy to uh, engage with you, debate, have a good time, all right? Play us out, Gino, and let's see a whole lot more of you, hopefully, at the Garden here down the stretch.
Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcast or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.